This is the number one station that rules the nation. Hello, reggae fans. This is Roy Ellis, Mr. Simrip. And you're listening to Chris Watts Reggae Hour on your Radio 107 Meridian FM. Lick it back, jump to the top, conqueror. Lick it back, Chris Watts. This is Chris Watts Reggae Hour with a letter reggae power. Lick it back, Chris Watts. This is Chris Watts Reggae Hour with a letter reggae power. 107 Meridian FM. Jimmy Cliff. So how's it going, Jimmy? Going very well, thank you. So you first became famous at the age of only 14 with your big hit, Hurricane Hattie. What are your memories of that time? Well, it was uh, amazing for me because I left the country, came to the city, went to college, dropped out, decided I'm going to make a career. And to be successful at it, make a number one record in my country, it was, uh, it was a blast. Yeah, you had some great early ska hits, including King of Kings, Miss Jamaica and Pride and Passion. What was it like working with Leslie Kong? Uh, it was really uh, inspiring, because Leslie Kong was uh, somebody who would always have great ideas. And uh, if 
I was feeling kind of dry, not uh, creating. He would say, um, uh, why don't you make a song about that? Why don't you try something about that? So he was, a re- he was really a great, great person. It was a big loss to the industry. Yeah, you worked with Leslie for a long time, didn't you? I certainly did. He, I, I had only worked with two other producers prior to Leslie, and I uh, uh, got Leslie to come into the business. I came to the, the to the city knowing what I want to do and uh, how it worked in those days. You go from producer to producer, and you're singing songs to them. They like it or they don't like it. And I got a lot of rejection. And finally, one night, I was passing by an orange street, and I saw a sign said, Devil is Records. And I said, wow. And I had a half-finished song called Dearest Devil. I just finished the song right away and walked down to the, to the record store, and they were closing up. And I put my foot in the door, and they said, we're closed. I said, but I, have, uh, I want to talk to the boss. Like that, and... Um, well, they finally opened the door, and um, I talked to the three brothers, and the one brother, Leslie Kong, liked my voice a lot. But he actually wanted to do the session along with Derek Morgan. Great. Well, that's good to hear. So your big breakthrough came in 1969 with Wonderful World, Beautiful People, which made it to number six in the British charts and into the top 25 in the U.S., when he was recording this song, did you think that you was onto something good? Yeah, I knew I had a good song. And when I started recording it, it felt like it was going good. And at the end of the recording, it felt just right. So I knew I had something. When I took it to New York to meet up with Chris Blackwell, and I played it to him, I was excited because I felt I had something good. And uh, evidently, I did. <laughs> yeah, you you definitely did, and it, it's such a positive song, isn't it? Yeah, it was a vision I had. It, it was a vision, it was, and I still and I still hold hold to that vision. Maybe at the time, I I, I probably seemed naive to think that we can have a wonderful, beautiful people. But look, in my ancient culture, we don't make getters and that. We make great structures like the pyramids of Egypt, the campus, and all those things. And uh, that's what we do. And so I have this vision that the song was inspired in Brazil. And so I still hold true to that vision.
Your follow-up was Vietnam, which Bob Dylan described as the best protest song ever. How did the song Vietnam come about? What a song to follow up the four beautiful people with, you know? One of the beautiful people was such a, a visionary song about, uh, you know, seeing the world beautiful with wonderful people. Here I go with a, a strong political song about... <laughs> Something that was happening that touched uh, the hearts and minds of people all around the world. So it was on the same time when I was writing Wonderful World, all that batch of songs that I was inspired to write that song. It was, you know, I was touched by the Vietnam War. And so that's how the inspiration came. Yeah, it was a terrible conflict, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, to, what, 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 what are we doing over there? We, I said. But what are they doing over there? Those people, I mean, those people did them no wrong. What are they doing over there? And that is why, you know, the way people took things then and protest uh, about to have a, a positive turnout for the people, I, I really desire to see people do that again today in the atmosphere that we're having in the world today. Yeah, I, I suppose nobody wants history to repeat itself, do they? That's right, that's right. Uh, it's a different energy in the air and um, I do feel that the energy that caused a song like Vietnam to be written, to be inspired and all that was going on I do feel that that kind of energy is coming around again. Apart from the political message, it's a great song. I mean, it's it's a it's a very easy song to dance to. But but look, <laughs> you know, at the time I resided in the UK, and uh, the the press was very favourable to me with that song because they say I'm singing a very serious song to a great dance rhythm. Mm. <laughs> And, uh, you know, but I'm an upbeat person, you know. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm that kind of person. So even I'm thinking about something serious, I try to make him still feel good about it.
The Harder They Come was recorded for the soundtrack of the movie in 1972. Do you think it's one of the best songs you've ever recorded? No, you know, The Harder They Come was a, was a really very good song. A very, very good song. But I don't, I don't know if I would say it's one of my best songs. But it was a really very, very good song. One of my favourite lyrics in the song is actually, I'd rather be a free man in my grave than living as a puppet or a slave. I love that lyric. Yeah, I, 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 there was some great lyrics in that song, yeah. And uh, what was going on at the time as well in the world inspired those kind of lyrics, yes. Another one of my favourite songs of yours is Many Rivers to Cross. What can you tell us about that song? Well, I have to say I can't deny that that is one of my great songs. Well, let's say that is one of the great songs of all time. To think 20, 30, 40 years from now, when they're playing some of the standard songs from way back when, that will be among the lot. The inspiration for the song is, you know, I was really down, down on my luck. But again, my soul is saying there is always a way up. I can't seem to find my way over. There's a way up, you know, so I, I refuse. My soul refused to, to, to give up or give in. So that's me. But basically I was down, and there I write the song, and not just for me, my experience, but with the... Um, overview of all people that have uh, been going through experiences in their life and so um, they could be touched by it as well. Yeah, it's such an uplifting song, isn't it?
performing at the Roundhouse in London on the 5th of July. How much are you looking forward to it? Very much, very much. You know, as you probably well know, you reside in the UK. So, you know, when you live in a place for a number of years, there's still a part of you that left there. And so to every time I come to the, to the UK to perform, especially now at the Roundhouse, Yeah, I was going to come on to that, actually. I really enjoyed your last album, Rebirth, and now you have a new EP out called Life. Uh, what can you tell us about it? So I have a... Uh, of that uh, bunch of songs from the EP, there are a lot of other songs that I have not put out as yet that I will be singing on the show. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that Found Out uh, show. Great. I'll see you there, Jimmy. Thanks a lot for the interview. It's been great to talk to you.
the new single by Jimmy Cliff, Life.